day today because in a couple of hours, Powell will be speaking and giving us the fate of interest rates. Are they going to raise by 75 basis points? Are they going to raise by a full percentage point? That is what the market's waiting for. That is what Bitcoin's waiting for. That's why we're on this line. And then also happening on the markets is we've got Putin and uh, he's escalating tensions with Ukraine. What does this actually mean for markets? That's what we're going to be talking about. Also, we showed you guys a portfolio yesterday, a portfolio of the coins that I thought were going to recover first. So today, what we're going to be talking about is whether those are the right coins or whether I should make some changes. And also, if the market doesn't run away, maybe I'll make some trades before FOMC because, you know, I'm going uber bullish into FOMC. You know that. All right, let's do this. Let's do this. We've got a big show. Fuck out of bed, bitch, go. Get up, get up, and then they got go. Gotta wake up, gotta wake up, bitch, get up. Get up, get up, get up. Get up. Get up. and shine i can tell you i was thinking about it last night and i think that one day i'm going to be remembered as the guy that used to play the get out of bed bitch song before his show that's how they're going to remember me after all my contributions to this industry after anything else that i do people are going to remember me for one thing and that is starting this show with that song so unlike any other day that's exactly what we've done today all right djs welcome back huge day on the markets today huge 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 day on the markets today um, it feels like the quiet, the calm before the storm. We are having a little bit of a better day. We've got Bitcoin up, up $412. We've got a little bit of a green candle. When you go into the shorter time frames, like the one hour chart, it just looks a lot better. It's like, it just looks like we've recovered a lot more. But uh, on a much more serious note, I'm not happy about the number of times that we keep testing the support. Because, you know, we keep testing once, twice, three times, four times. What happens after like seven times, Kyle? Hippo walking on thin ice. It's like a hippo. It's like hippopotamus walking on thin ice. That's exactly what's going to happen. And then eventually we break down, and then that's pretty much uh, the end of that support level. But remember, I said if you are range trading, this is a good range to trade. I said to you guys yesterday at eighteen thousand seven hundred and eighty. I said get in. I actually got in yesterday. I'm going to. I'm going to actually buy some more today. Why? Because I think that we're going to get a positive surprise. Um, you'll be remembered as the shiny forehead. James, I did tell you to turn the lights down here. Bro. <laughs> yeah, we're going to turn the lights down here. Uh, it seems that uh, I'm the only one who actually cares about what the, what, what the studio actually looks like. So, yeah, let me turn down the brightness. How's my, how's my forehead now? Much better. It's a five head. <laughs> love you guys. Love you guys. Okay, so that's how I'm trading it. I'm expecting the market to come with a – or Powell to come in this, this afternoon with a – 0.75 or 75 basis point rate hike. Um, and I think then it's not actually about the rate hike. It's what happens afterwards. And that's what really what markets are waiting for. You can see that the NASDAQ also 24 points hasn't really moved. I've also gone long into the NASDAQ waiting for today's interest rate um, today's interest rate decision. All right. So before we start that, let's just uh, do the formalities. 
So for those of you who are new here, there's a bathroom, the, the male's bathroom is over there. The female bathroom is over there. Life jackets are underneath your seat. We will be serving food. Um, you can have chicken or beef. What else? Subscribe to the channel, like this content, help us get this content out there. Ring the bell notification, because when you do, that is what notifies you when we're going live. And speaking of going live, speaking of going live, because I don't work hard enough, because I haven't been traveling for so many days, because I haven't seen my family for so long, um, I've decided that I'm going to go live tonight again when Paul goes live. So just be here, uh, 8.15 South African. I think it's what, that's uh, 8.15 uh, EST, right? So at, at, so anyway, in a couple of hours, first, we're going to get the interest rate decision from Powell. Then we're going to wait 15 minutes so I can digest it and do the homework and the research. And then at 8.15 or 15 minutes afterwards, we're going to go live. That's going to be 15 minutes before his press conference. Uh, we'll have whiskey. So you have your whiskey. I'll have my whiskey and we'll have whiskey and we will go live and we will watch Powell speak and we'll watch the markets move. And today what we want to try and do, we want to try and make it the biggest viewing party in crypto. Okay, so... Bring your friends, bring your friends, friends, bring your parents, bring everybody. Let's try and make it the big, see, it's 2, 2, 8, 2 p.m. EST. So we'll be going live 2.15. No, no, let's go 2.10. The reason why we need to go 2.10 is because George will go live at 2.15. We've got to be first. And because you're always late. And because I'm always five minutes late. So that, that's what it is. Um, all right, so how are people going into this, this interest rate uh, discussion tonight? Well, I guess that it's not very much about interest rates. Because if you look at the interest rates, you kind of know what's going to happen. Right now, the market is forecasting an 82% chance that the interest rate increase is going to be 75 basis points. Okay, now, if you look around what's happening around the world, the red territories are all the territories where they have already had a one percentage point uh, increase in, uh, in, in interest rates already this year. And you can see that this whole globe is becoming red. And the reason why that's happening is because we're going into a high interest rate environment. And I guess there's nothing else, uh, there's nothing else to it. We're going into a high interest rate environment. The main thing, though, is not what Powell actually does, but more what he says at the press conference afterwards. And that's why we're going to be going live, because the real information usually comes out um, uh, in the speech that he does afterwards, the press conference that he does afterwards, where he reads the minutes and then he gets, he gets asked questions. And that's usually when we get all the action. We're going to be looking out for a whole lot of things there. And you can see that the market is actually going into that event pretty scared. So crypto is at extreme fear, 23. If you look at the put-call ratio, and remember I spoke to you guys about the put-call ratio. The put-call ratio shows you the number of optimistic, um, sorry, pessimistic options versus optimistic options. A put is a pessimistic option. It's the right to sell. And a call is a, po is a positive option. If you take the put-call ratio, you can see the put-call ratio is quite high, which means that people are going into this FOMC really, really, really short, really, really, really negative. And when that usually happens, traditionally, that's usually uh, time for a leg up. That means that people are over-leveraged to the negative side, which is why, which is the only reason why I'm going into tonight uh, slightly more bullish. I could get wrecked. That's why I'm going to go in for the first time in my life with a stop loss uh, because I could get wrecked. Um, Gareth Soloway says what he's looking for tonight. Let's just look at the what we're looking for when Powell speaks. Okay, so number one, what are we looking for? We're looking for an interest rate hike. 75 basis points. We're getting 75 basis points. There's going to be no surprises there. Then you've got commentary about the Fed pivoting or future guidance. The Fed's not going to comment about pivoting. What Powell's going to come out and say tonight, which is like everything else that he said before, 
which is like the time when he spoke and he gave everybody PTSD because he was all about max pain. He's going to say, we don't know where, what the end is. We will reevaluate re it every time using the data. That's what he's going to say because that's what he always says. And when the data speaks for itself, that is when they will start pivoting and they're not giving a time yet. And as I said to you guys yesterday, to me, it feels like we're just starting this interest rate increase cycle. You can see that we're just there. We haven't even started this interest rate cycle. And everything that the Fed has done up until now, I'm going to remind you of this again, hasn't worked. In fact, the only element that brought CPI down was this increase in oil reserves. And I said to you guys before that the strategic oil reserves are at the same levels that they were in 1984, which means that all the oil that the United States have been accumulating since 1984 is now gone in the span of six months. Why? Because of this Russia-Ukraine war and because Biden is trying to use, um, uh, is trying to use this um, uh, to, 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 to bring down inflation. And you can see that everybody's going into this event with, with depression, basically. I mean, people are negative. People are, are very, 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 very scared. They got PTSD from the last time that Powell spoke. I guess the only glimmer of hope that the markets have got, because remember, Powell said he's not going to increase interest rates He's not going to decrease interest rates until the inflation data speaks for itself. The inflation data is not going to speak for itself. And as a result, you've now got the market pricing in, the, uh, in, in March 23 to have the, the Fed rate at 4.7%. So now they're coming to the realization that interest rates are going to be much harder and much higher for much longer um, because that's what's going to be required to bring down inflation because right now, whatever they're doing isn't working. There is one glimmer of hope though so i did say when i came into the office this morning i was speaking to team and i said look you know yesterday and today for the first time feel like the beginning of the 2017 2018 real bear market like the beginning of the winter it feels like everybody's ready to give up it feels like it, the news is all negative it feels like it's never going to turn and that is how it felt in the beginning of the 2017 2018 bear market it feels to me like we're running a marathon and we've done about 15 kilometers. So for those of you who run marathons, you kind of know like, you know, there's a speed, there's a distance before marathon, which is 21 kilometers, which is a half marathon. And at about 15 kilometers, half marathon runners start to get tired. Now you've got to ask yourself whether you're, you're fit enough for the marathon or whether you're going to burn out at 21 kilometers, which is halfway through the marathon. It feels to me like we're halfway through the marathon, not in terms of time, because no one can tell you time-wise when it is, but in terms of pain, in terms of pain, I don't think we're at a point of max pain. And the reason why I said this is because I want you guys to gear up for a long race. And gearing up for a long race means keeping some money on the side. It means deciding what your strategy is and when you're going to buy and actually buying it very, 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 very slowly and not doing anything stupid that'll, that'll blow yourself up. And if you feel the idea, it's going to get tough. And a lot of people are going to tap out. And the idea is we're here for you to make sure that you guys don't tap out. We're going to be bringing you crypto love and education. You know, everybody's tapping out. Everybody's making less content. Some of the content creators are pivoting the content. They're going into like more global content. Even Pump has like, if you go, go back to his channel, he's not doing crypto content anymore. He's like pivoted. He's doing different content. A lot of people are going to do that, but we're not. We're going to be here for you 24-7, 365. We're upping our content. We're doing five streams a day now. 
Today, we're doing six streams. On the weekends, we're starting to do streams because we're going to be here for you to make sure that you guys survive this bear market and come out better and ready to make life-changing money, no matter how long it takes. And as I said, there is one little glimmer of hope that we could see some kind of bounce. And that is this tweet over here. Now, initially, when I saw this tweet, obviously, the first thing I did was start laughing because it's a tweet by Joe Biden. He says, there are only 50 days until the midterm elections. He says, imagine the possibilities if we elect more dem Democrats to the Senate and keep the House. Can you imagine? And he wants people to join them and get involved. So, I don't know. How do you feel about it? You tell, you, tell, you tell me how you feel about 50 days until midterms. But the one thing that the Democrats can't afford is that they can't afford for people to go into the midterms poor, hungry, and stressed. Because if people go into the midterms poor, hungry, and stressed, it means they're not going to vote for the Democrats. So the one glimmer of hope that can turn markets is that we do have 50 days until the midterms. And with 50 days until the midterms, I don't believe that Joe Biden and his administration are going to go into the midterms with markets panicking, inflation at all-time highs, um, uh, and people suffering. So that's the one glimmer of hope that may turn the markets. Um, politics is a very, very, very smart and tough game. Uh, and you never know what narrative they're going to create to turn the markets just so they can get a good market before the election so people feel good to vote. I think there was a famous partition that said when people, people don't vote when they're hungry or people vote badly when they're hungry. I don't remember how it works, but there is a saying like that. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing, another thing that makes me, why are you laughing? I've, I've, I've botched the saying. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, I can't laugh yet. It's not the end of the world. I just botched the saying. Um, what's wrong, James? Oh, okay. Um, oh, okay. We, we have a lady in the studio today. She's filming me. Why are you filming me again? Because you're famous. Oh, she's filming me because apparently I'm famous. Okay. Well, I'm here. Yeah, I'm famous. Um, you know, one thing that happens in every crypto market cycle near the bottom, very much near the bottom. You, you know, one thing that, that happens every single time? I'll tell you. Tether FUD. When there is tether FUD in a market cycle, you know that you are at a local bottom. And last night we got Tether FUD. The U.S. Attorney General has now asked Tether to produce documents that show that the USDT is 100% backed by. Um, so stablecoin issuer Tether ordered to produce documents showing the backing of USDT. Um, obviously they're pushing back at this and they're saying, "Look at this! So this is so cumbersome for us to do this. This happens every single cycle. Rest assured that every time that there is a cycle, a market cycle." then and we're near the bottom of the market cycle the the one trick that everybody plays is the tether fat the tether is not backed fat and it's fat and it always blows over so just ignore it because it's going to blow over again someone said the market's open let's see if the market's opened the markets have opened nothing's happened futures are still more or less the same but at the end of the show we'll actually do some trades together um we'll we'll do some trades together um and we'll prepare ourselves for the event tonight and then we'll watch how our trades do at the event tonight. And if I make money, then great. But if I get blown up, then I'm going to blame you guys. Okay, let's look at look at let's look at the other big news today. There is other big news today. So the other big news goes something like this, right? Like this. So you got this guy, Vladimir Putin. Okay, he's the the president of Russia, prime minister of Russia. Now this guy, with all his um, power and all his money has two landlines and a fax machine next to his desk. 
seriously, it's got two landlines. For those of you who don't know what this is, this is a landline. It's like a phone that's like connected to your house. It's like it's not like a mobile phone that you can take anywhere. It's a phone that's actually like plugged into the wall of your house. It's called a, it's called um, it's called a landline. Anyway, so Putin came out last night, and it seems that he is trying to escalate tensions uh, in in uh, in Russia between Russia and Ukraine. And he came out yesterday with this um, with this speech, which I think you should listen to. It's about one minute. Let's just listen to it. Um, you probably need to more read it and listen to it unless you speak Russian. необходимо принять следующее решение. Оно в полной мере адекватно угрозам, с которыми мы сталкиваемся. А именно для защиты нашей Родины, ее суверенитета и территориальной целостности, для обеспечения безопасности нашего народа и людей на освобожденных территориях, считаю необходимым поддержать предложение Министерства обороны и Генерального штаба о проведении в Российской Федерации частичной мобилизации. Повторю, речь идет именно о частичной мобилизации. То есть призыву на военную службу будут подлежать только граждане, которые в настоящий момент состоят в запасе. И прежде всего те, кто проходил службу в рядах вооруженных сил, имеет определенные военно-учетные специальности и соответствующий опыт. Призванные на военную службу перед отправкой в части в обязательном порядке будут проходить дополнительную военную подготовку с учетом опыта специальной военной операции. Указ о частичной мобилизации подписан. Wow, okay. So what he's done is he's signed a mobilization order. Now what a mobilization order means is that it's mobilizing the nation to, to be called up to the army, essentially, to join the war, so to speak. So anyone that has a basic military training is now effectively on call to go and fight in a potential war. Now, that is huge because if you look at the sheer numbers here, they're talking about 25 to 30 million men would now be uh, eligible to be called up to fight a war. And he's saying that the reason why he wants to fight this war is because of the threat that he's facing uh, because of Ukraine from the NATO countries. He's starting to prepare himself uh, for this war. Now, this is not a very big or good move in Russia. In fact, in Russia, what you're seeing now is that people are starting to look for um for flights to get out of russia and where are they going well they're going to places where russians don't need visas so for example places like istanbul and so what i want what i try to do is i try to actually go onto skyscanner and try and find a flight to istanbul from russia and like there's really no flights to get out of russia that's because everybody now wants to leave and um I mean, I also took a look at, because, you know, when these things happen, you got to look at all the indicators. I looked at the oil price. Oil price didn't really move much. And I looked at the euro and the euro also didn't move very much. It's kind of like, it feels like, what it feels like is it feels like Putin is getting desperate. He's trying to escalate tensions in, in Ukraine, almost like as a last ditch attempt. But no one is actually responding to this. So if I, I saw some a response from the Dutch prime minister, the Dutch prime minister said, Putin's speech, mobilization, a call for referendums in Donbass, all this is a sign of panic. His rhetoric about nuclear weapons is something we've heard many times before. This is all part of the rhetoric that we know. So no one's actually scared of what he's saying now. Um, he's come out and he says he's not bluffing about uh, nuclear mobilization. And remember that he's got uh, nuclear capabilities that could actually strike the United States. That's, that's Russia's a, a, a big nuclear superpower. And every time... Putin gets into a corner. What he does is his rhetoric is to bring out the nuclear talk. And so that's where we are again. Markets not really responding to this. I mean, 
none of the markets have responded to it except the Russian stock market, which took a huge dive. Um, I mean, the airlines are full. You can't you can't really get an airline seat. Um, I saw this as well. Um, this is from some guy. His name is uh, Henrik Zeberg, and he says uh, Putin panics. His only choice escalation as this narcissist psychopath cannot expect accept defeat. He can't accept defeat because if he does get defeated, well, where are they going to go? He's going to get assassinated. Russian people must bring him down or they'll see their sons, fathers get killed in even larger numbers in an unwindable and completely purpose, purposeless war. So that's right now what's happening in, in Russia and Ukraine. And I guess this just makes the outlook for Europe a lot more dire, a lot you know, Europe's now going into into winter. Uh, they need energy. The energy prices are now going through the roof. There's all this, this disruption of the Nord Stream One gas line. That's now, um, I think, it's still fully closed. And so, the last thing that Europe can afford is no oil and no gas and even no Russian um, commodities right through the winter. And that's pretty much what's happening at the moment. So let's see how this situation pans out. We've got to keep our eyes on it. At the same time, coincidentally, 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 President Xi from China. He's also now saying um, he tells Chinese military seminar to focus on prepping for war. So he's like saying, look, guys, we need to start prepping for war. So long story short, um, yeah, big shit happening in Russia. Uh, Putin trying to really, really escalate things. We've got to keep our eyes on what's going on there. But right now, markets aren't really responding about this. Okay, what else? So we also have another bull, another attack on crypto. And I guess this time we can thank Luna. We can thank Do Kwan. We can thank... Um, the stablecoin capitulation that happened earlier this year. But something interesting is happening in the US. And what's happened in the US is that the house, um, there is a house stablecoin bill that would put a two-year ban on all algorithmic stablecoins. Okay, so what happened was someone saw um, a draft of the bill and under this new bill in the United States, it would be illegal to issue or create new, now they use a very, a strong word called endogenously collateralized stablecoins, which means that these are stablecoins that are not collateralized one-to-one with what they say, non-digital assets. So uh, under the under the current draftable, it would be illegal to issue or create endogenously collateralized stablecoins. According to a copy of the legislation obtained by Bloomberg, this definition will kick in for stablecoins marketed as being able to be converted, redeemed, or repurchased for a fixed monetary value and that rely on this is the important part, and that rely on the value of another digital asset from the same creator to maintain their fixed price. Okay, so any stable coin that is algorithmically pegged or relies on another coin issued by the same or similar creator would be would be legal uh, unless you got specific um, uh, authorization to do it. Now, what's my take on this whole thing? So. I think the U.S. has a huge problem here because if the U.S. is going to be this reactive, the U.S. is the United States are experts in being reactive. And then when the problem is that when they become reactive, they become overreactive, they become overenforcive, and through that they're going to stifle uh, um, uh, innovation. So let's let's let me give you some examples. Remember when we had 9/11? Before 9/11, there were no airport checks whatsoever. Like they did not check anything at the airport. You could walk through airports without a security check. After 9-11, we have a million and one airport checks. And all that happens is they react and they get worse and worse and worse. You could then walk on with liquids. A couple of years later, you could walk on but not take liquids on. And that's exactly what's happening here with stablecoins. So what's happening with stablecoins? They're now saying, look, we had a big failed experiment. A lot of people were burned. We've got to be seen to have done something. So what are we going to do? We're going to ban any type of algorithmic stablecoin. 
And what they're actually doing is they're banning any type of innovation in money. Because a one-to-one backed stablecoin is not innovation in money. It exists. We're not going to get better, better than that. A collateralized stablecoin is a collateralized stablecoin. And yes, we did have a very big failed experiment in, in, algorithmically sta in algorithmic stablecoins. But that's not a reason to shoot down an entire industry and to stop people from experimenting with new type of money. In fact, what should happen is that the buyer should be where? Buyers who invest in these things, investors that invest in these algorithmic stablecoins should know exactly what they're getting themselves into and the responsibility should be on the buyer. But by doing something like this, what they're actually doing is they are stifling innovation completely. And I think, again, they're taking a, um, a, huge, uh, a huge reactive, over-enforcive approach, which, again, will put the United States on the back foot when it comes to innovation. That's the last place that they want to be. And as a result, some of the stablecoins last night took a big smack. Uh, I did look at Frax. For those of you who are following Frax, um, sorry, not, I need to get to Frax shares, so FXS. And I think that that took a massive hit yesterday. So down 10%. Um, there we go. So you can see. Uh, that's down 10%. It really does affect any a whole lot of stable coins. Um, and I think that it's, again, it's the USA panicking, being reactive, and putting in the wrong kind of legislation. Let's just, let's just put it that way. Let me try and be diplomatic and, and get this video not banned by YouTube for a change. Um, all right, let's carry on. Um, Yesterday, we spoke about Helium. Remember, we spoke about Helium. We had Austin Federer from the Solana Foundation on Helium. And, the, and Helium said they were moving on to Solana. And there was a vote. And that vote is going uh, the same way. Uh, it's going the right way. In other words, it's going to be that Helium is going to now be on Solana. Well, yesterday, Helium also made another announcement. This is very, very cool. Now, remember, why am I so excited about Helium? All of a sudden, everyone's asking me, like, all of a sudden, you're talking about Helium. You've never spoken about Helium ever before. Why all of a sudden after Helium's? been around for so long, why all of a sudden are you talking about Helium? So let me give you the, the, the technical answer first, and then I'll give you the fundamental answer. Technically, Helium has taken a huge hit, okay? It's gone down from a high of $60, and it's now trading at $4, okay? $4.56. That's technically why I am uh, 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 bullish on Helium. The reason why I'm also bullish on it is when they announced they were going to move on to Solana, the market punished them, and they said, look, we put more value on a blockchain than we put on an application working on blockchain. And you can see around this period over here, Helium took a big hit. But then it started to recover as the market rationalized that Solana was probably actually a better move for Helium. So that's the first part of it. The fundamental reason why I like Helium is very simple. If we want a decentralized internet, we need an internet that governments can't switch off. We need an internet where the government cannot go to a service provider and say to the service provider, service provider, switch off Kyle's number, get Kyle off the network, get, get James off the network, get run off the network. We need to make sure that we, we can have a decentralized internet. And that's exactly what Helium's doing. What Helium's doing is they've created a decentralized internet by giving people these devices, which are 5G devices, and they're building a 5G network. Now, you can see all these red lights here are the, where the devices are and where, they, where you can get a 5G network. Yesterday, Helium launched their first decentralized plans where for as little as $5 a month, subscribers will get 5G coverage in the United States wherever Helium doesn't have um, uh, these, these devices. They will leverage off the T-Mobile network, so you'll always have coverage. And when you do use the 5G network, you will get free mobile tokens for just using your phone. Okay, now that sounds absolutely amazing. And you're getting a decentralized internet. So that is why all of a sudden Helium is actually now 
uh, one of the new tokens on my on my list because I think it's been on my list for a long time, but only now has the price come down to a point where I'm going, hold on a second. That's pretty much, uh, this is a price where I'm actually quite interested. And now they're starting to make all the right moves. Um, you can also see, if you look at their backers, who are their backers? Huge, huge backers. So they raised $111 million. Uh, and recent Ribbit Capital, Alameda Research, Multicoin Capital, Ribbit Capital. Um, yeah, so that's that's pretty much who they are. And uh, an amazing, amazing, amazing team. So very cool. Um, yeah, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about this. I want to. Oh, I've got I've got amazing stuff for you. So we're going to look at a, a crypto interview now. Um, you got to hear this crypto interview because this crypto interview is just such magic. After that, um, I want to show you a bear market recipe that will change your life. If you eat this every single night, you will make millions in the bear market. So just, just stay tuned for that. Um, okay. So Dan Moorhead, we know Dan very well. He's a good friend of the station. He's been on on our Friday banters a few times. Um, I've also known him for, for quite a while. He was interviewed on CNBC. He had this interview. I think you guys are going to listen to this interview because he really puts a lot of things into perspective. So let's watch it together. We have had it posited that both gold and crypto, uh, the scarcity, the dollar devaluation worries that we see when the Fed is in emergency mode where we were either during the financial crisis and some would say continued all the way through the pandemic, that all that dollar printing is bullish uh, for things like Bitcoin and gold. And when the Fed is in tightening mode, that uh, obviously that the, the second derivative has changed. We're headed the other way. And just by definition, people start. So, I mean, Dan, it's down. Bitcoin's down from over 60,000 uh, to, to 18,000. Listen I mean, to you, this. Or 19,000. You need to be prepared. Some stocks do that, too. I think Zoom's down more than that. But, um, you know, obviously it's hard to, to just assign a clear value to crypto. Yeah, I think the important thing to keep in mind here is crypto is such a disruptive thing that's going to change so many aspects of our lives over the next couple of decades. It's in a secular bull market, and it does occasionally get caught up in these cyclical uh, downdrafts of risk assets. But I can easily see a world a few years from now where risk assets themselves might be still struggling, but blockchain's back to all-time highs and doing its own thing based on its own fundamentals. And that story is hundreds of millions of people use blockchain today. I think in four or five years, it's gonna be literally billions of people. And the way to value things is supply and demand. If you have a billion people that wanna buy a fixed number of coins, uh, the price probably goes up. So in the meantime, so that's what the first do you hear uh, in terms of the regulatory landscape in, in the United States, for example? And how do, you, how do you prepare for that? Gary Gensler's not gonna be there forever. I don't, you know, neither. Listen and to this. The makeup to of, this. of the Senate and the House, who knows? But, but what do you expect down the road? Is it positive that, that we get some, uh, you know, we finally understand exactly what regulation looks like? Or is it, uh, it going to be uh, detrimental to crypto when it finally comes? Well, you have to view it as a glass seven-eighths full. Seven out of the eight big agencies in the U.S. have already ruled on crypto. And they ruled quite early. Some, like the IRS, ruled in 2013. And all those rulings are literally the best possible rulings. So the only one left is the SEC. Um, it would be helpful if they gave more guidance on what is a security and what is not a security. Um, and hopefully within the next year or so, that will come out. Do you foresee... So seven, any, he's basically, if, I mean, if, he puts it into perspective. We keep worrying about the SEC. He says, look, every other regulatory body in the States, seven out of eight regulatory bodies in the States, have all ruled positively on Bitcoin and crypto. And the last, the last man standing is Gary Gensler and... 
hopefully some kind we of sanity. We were to test more lows. Are, are we going to see a uh, a systemic issue with with some companies? Are they on the edge right now? I don't. I don't won't mention any names, but there's a lot of people that are leveraged uh, to crypto. A lot of companies. Yeah, my sense uh, from having traded cycles for 35 years, we're pretty much through the worst of it. Um, that was four months ago that some of the centralized finance companies in our space hit the wall. Um, and when you have a market go down 75 or 80 percent, uh, you add any leverage on that, you know, it's going to be tough. And so I think most of that has already washed out. And a really important point is, you know, we all are used to using Bitcoin as a proxy for blockchain. There are hundreds of really interesting. So he said he's seen the bottom. That's the first thing that you need to listen to. The Same next project. part. And a lot of them are, are rallying and uh, have done quite well. And a cool stat is the percentage of our entire market, which is not Bitcoin or Ethereum, hit a record yesterday at 43%. Uh, and so the market that is not Bitcoin or Ethereum hit a record of 43% dominance yesterday. He's kind of saying, look, blockchain is going to survive and going to be amazing. And maybe Bitcoin is going to go through up times and down times. But blockchain and Bitcoin are going to survive. Um, and tomorrow, I'll, uh, tomorrow I'll actually give you my, my umbrella theory about this. You, you, have you heard the umbrella theory yet? Okay, I'll give it to you guys now because Carlos has not it. Okay, so have you ever noticed what the price of umbrellas is in life? Well, no, the, 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 the price of umbrellas is, is, is a function of two things. Whether it's summer or winter and how badly you need the umbrella, right? Yeah. So if you walk into a store, the price of an umbrella is $1, okay? In summer. That same umbrella in winter is $5. Okay, so in summer, if you want to buy an umbrella, it's $1. If you want to buy that same umbrella in winter when it's raining, $5. Okay, if it is raining outside and you're walking in the street and you need an umbrella, for that same umbrella, you will pay $10, which is 10 times the price that you would pay in summer. So what's the, re so what's the relevance of that analogy? I'll tell you what the relevance of the an analogy is. When it was raining outside, and when I say raining outside, when the Fed was printing money and people needed shelter from the rain, which was the Fed printing money, the price of Bitcoin shot through the roof. Okay, now, for a very short period, the Fed is drying out the economy. It's taking money out the economy. And in that period, no one wants umbrellas. And that's why the price of Bitcoin is going down. But that doesn't affect the price of Ethereum or Solana or, how, or the uptake of NFTs. And that is why Bitcoin is going down now. Bitcoin is doing what it's supposed to do. Bitcoin is an umbrella. The Fed printing money is rain. When the Fed is taking water out of the economy, emptying out the, the, the dams and the rivers, you don't need an umbrella. And so umbrellas are cost, cost $1 now. But rest assured that the season's going to come back when the rain comes back. And some people will buy it in the beginning of the season and they'll pay $5, okay? But some people will wait until it's really, 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 really raining and they'll pay $100,000 of Bitcoin because that is when the, the price of the umbrella goes up to $10. You got it? So everyone says, let's say together, let it rain, people. Let it rain. For now, it rained for two years, okay? Actually, it rained for the last 20 years. It stormed for two years, okay? 20 years, it, it's been raining. For two years, it was storming. And for three months, the Fed has been drying water out of the, the, the economy. And now people are looking at the price of umbrellas and they're going, well, we don't need umbrellas. No one wants an umbrella. Don't be that person. You should be buying your umbrellas in summer when they cost $1, not in winter when they cost $5. And only stupid retail investors buy their umbrellas at $10 when it's actually raining outside and you're trying to run and catch a bus, you're trying to run and catch a train and you need the umbrella. So you decide when you want to buy the umbrella. 
Ah, I can see Kaylin. I can see Kaylin smiling ear to ear with the umbrella thing because she's going to make like a TikTok thing. I mean, that's what the umbrella says. Okay. Um, for those of you who are struggling in the bear market and you want a, um, a recipe that will change your life in a bear market, I've got an amazing bear market recipe for you. If you do this, you know, have you seen those CNBC things that if you don't, if you cut out avocado toast from your diet, you will be a millionaire in 20 years. Have you ever seen those? So if you cut out avocados from your diet today, you don't eat avocado toast uh, to, from today uh, if, and for, for the next 20 years, you will save yourself $1 million. You'll also be very, very, very unhappy, but you will save yourself, uh, 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 you'll save a million dollars. So same thing with coffee. If you cut out coffee from your diet, then you cut out 80% of the joy of your life, okay? Now, if you are struggling in the bear market and you are looking for a recipe to get you through the bear market, I would, I would, I would seriously recommend this recipe, okay? This is a really, really, really one of the best bear market recipes I've ever seen. Um, okay, you ready for it? So... I'm going to switch off the music just so we don't get a copyright strike. Okay. So you add all the ingredients. Mix them. It's delicious. Okay. Add more ingredients. Yeah, and then you can eat as much as you want. You, you actually never run out of food. It looks very dry, hey? But look how nice it looks on the plate. <laughs> there we go. That looks so delicious. Oof. Can't wait to eat it. Can't wait to eat that. <laughs> okay. Um, I know we did say we we're going to speak about the portfolio from yesterday. Okay. You know what? Let's speak about the portfolio from yesterday. Uh, that's vegan, by the way. That is vegan. That's one of the, that's one of the few vegan recipes that I actually like a lot. Okay, let's look at this portfolio from yesterday. Um, you guys had a whole lot of questions about the portfolio from yesterday. Let's talk about, you, ha you had questions. So now is a good time for you to ask the questions. Actually, that's not vegan, it's keto. Okay, so no one has questions about the portfolio. It's gonna come, it's got a 30 second delay. Oh, it's got a 30 second delay. Okay. That's what Jerome Powell wants you to eat. Um, <laughs> That's what Joe Biden and Jerome Powell want you to eat to combat inflation. Why no Phantom? Good, good, good question. So the reason why I'm not buying Phantom is because, as I've said before, um, Phantom to me is a great technological chain, but it's a great technological chain that one number one lacks a leader. It doesn't have a leader. It doesn't have a Vitalik. It doesn't have an Ilya. Uh, uh, etc. Also, it doesn't have VCs behind it. It's the one chain where there's no real VC funding. Now, if you want a chain to work, you've got to have great tech. You've got to have a charismatic leader who leads the chain initially and then steps away, like, like Satoshi stepped away from Bitcoin, Vitalik stepped away from Ethereum, and I'm sure all the other decentralized chains will be. And then you need to have VCs that are supporting projects on the network. And for me, Phantom doesn't have those people. So I'm out. I'm not out, I'm slim, but not a lot. Uh, thoughts on Cardano, hard fork. I think it's a nothing burger. I think it's going to pass and nothing's going to happen to to thing. Um, you're right. Arweave should be here. Arweave was on here yesterday. We spoke about it yesterday. People stealing from my thing. We spoke about Arweave yesterday. Arweave's on. Yeah, let's add it in. See? Bang. Let's add it in here. Insert. Oh, it's on view only mode because I'm not signed in. I'm not going to sign in, but Arweave is on there. 
The graph, the graph, very good. You can have the graph. Okay, wait, stop. Atom. Let's talk about atom. Let's talk about the misconception on atom. Atom is a derivative of the cosmos ecosystem. So what is the cosmos ecosystem? Cosmos is a technology. It is a blockchain. And the blockchain uses a, 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 a consensus layer called a Tendermint. Okay, so it's like, it's like proof of stake. It's called Tendermint. Now, there is a Cosmos chain which has the Atom token. But not many people are building on the Cosmos chain. In fact, most people are using the Cosmos SDK, Software Developer Kit, and they're building their own blockchains. So uh, tokens like um, uh, Luna was built in it, Binance, BNB, Juno, Osmo, they're not actually built on the Cosmos chain. They are built using the Cosmos software development. So it's, it's almost like they're using the software, but they're not actually building on that chain. And so by investing in the Atom token, you're only getting exposure to the one chain. Now, remember with Cosmos, the great thing about Cosmos is that the, the Cosmos has this bridge called IBC. And that bridge links together all the chains. And so if you build your own chain, you can connect seamlessly with all the other chains without using bridges. Okay, that's the beauty of the, of, the, of the technology. And that's why I think that the Cosmos SDK technology is the best technology out there and the best cross-chain interoperable um, software out there. But Kujira is also, Kujira is also uh, built in that, by the way. Um, but investing in the Atom token only gives you exposure to the one chain, which is the Cosmos chain. But there's no, no one's using the Cosmos chain yet. And so for me, that's not a, like you think you're getting exposure to this amazing ecosystem, but you're actually not. You're actually not. What I think of Matrix Swap, I think Matrix Swap is cool. I'm invested in it, but it's a very small token. And I don't know if it's going to, to, to survive the, the, the full bear market. I hope it does. They're really, really good people. Um, why not Polkadot? I'll tell you why. Because when I look at Polkadot and I look at Cosmos, they both do something very similar. The one bridges anybody that wants to build on Cosmos SDK can bridge using the IBC. So if you build on Cosmos, you can join all the other blockchains that work on Cosmos. Same thing with Polkadot. If you build on Substrate and you become a parachain, then you can talk to all the other, all the other um, uh, parachains using the Polkadot bridge, right? But the thing is, you have to, you have to stake a whole lot of tokens, you have to do a crowd loan auction, Whereas with Cosmos, you can just build for free. And so no one is building on Polkadot anymore. I know that the developer numbers are high, but how many new chains, how many new parachains are going on to Polkadot? So I'm out of Polkadot. I've got very, very, very few Polkadot left. Um, someone says, Rune, I chose Stargate and Layer 0 over Rune, but I do have Rune in my portfolio. What else? Rune River, Moonbeam. Again, those are both built on Kusama and Polkadot. And so I'm, I'm not buying it. Ryan, what do you think of AOS? AOS is one of my favorite small caps. I'm still holding all my AOS. haven't sold a single one. See you guys again tomorrow. Actually, no. See you guys again later. We're going to have a viewing party. Remember, it's got to be the biggest viewing party in crypto. Sheldon's coming. Carla, are you coming to the viewing party later? Or to the viewing party? We're having a viewing party here later. Are you coming? You can't sleep when the Fed is making a decision, bro. I'm not sure you can't, make, you, bro, you can't sleep through the Fed's decision. You're going to miss everything. I'll wake up at five. You know, I'm actually not going I'm, I'm to I'm not gonna hassle you about this because people already say that I'm picking on you, that I pick on you too much. Don't do that. Um, what, should we, what should we do ahead of the FOMC? What should we buy ahead of the FOMC? 
should we should we should we trade should we buy some bitcoin and buy some near i'm already down thirty thousand dollars in my near position maybe i should buy some more you know that's just just for the community and just for the fun of the just for the fun of the game let's buy ourselves ten thousand near on 10x cross collateral let's let's just be completely irresponsible okay let's go so bang open long can i open along am i logged in i am I think I just opened a I just opened a ten thousand near long, and now we should probably open a Bitcoin long. Just it's just, we're only doing this for the FOMC meeting today. Um, let's just buy the at market. Yeah, let's just buy it at. Hey man, come on, at market. Why is it Why is it stopping me from trading? Why is it Why is it doing this? Check your email and get that margin. Uh, What's going on? I mean, come on, why? just let a man trade. Just let the man trade. Come on, just let the man trade. All right, well, I have to work out why all of a sudden my account's gone to zero. Oh, there we go. Okay, now can I trade? Yes, now I can trade. Let's buy 10 Bitcoin. 10 Bitcoin. Now, at, at market on 10x irresponsible. 10x irresponsible. There we go. I'm long. I'm going into this FOMC long. Sure, I'm going in very long. I'll be okay. I hope I'll be okay. See you guys again later. Until then, have fun. Trade well, my friends. It's going to be the biggest being party of all time. So be there. See you then. Woke or broke? We're all in now, bro. We're all in now, bro. Someone says, don't get caught. Remember, I'm not doing anything. I'm buying on my own account.